We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Riding solo today, Chris Biederman, our guy on assignment out in Dallas. He will be back with me a little bit later in the week to break down this game and, of course, to look ahead to the uh, 49ers-Seahawks game on Thursday night. Before we dive into this 49ers win over the Buccaneers in Week 11, let's talk about our guys over at Lamb Chops, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. They've got hoodies, hats, shorts. They've got a new winter line coming out. You can check it out on their Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. Unreal. It looks so sick. The t-shirts have got this like Letterman jacket looking thing, a new hoodie. I, I really can't wait to check all that stuff out. You can do, excuse me, you can do the same at sglambchops.com. Use the promo code candlestick20 while you're there. Get 20% off your order. Get yourself looking comfortable. Get yourself feel <laughs> get yourself feeling comfortable. You look comfortable too, but feel get yourself feeling comfortable with high quality clothing. And as always, the most important thing, you're gonna look dope too. SG Lamb Chops on Twitter. SG, uh, excuse me, on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. Um, SGLambchops.com is the website. Promo code candlestick20 for 20% off your order today. We are also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Visit coopersbrewing.com right now. You can order a case of beer. I'm telling you, you can go to, if you're 21 and over and in the state of California, you go to beers, you can go to order, you get a case. You can only get a case. You can't get a four pack shipped. You can get a case shipped, though, directly to your door. And I'm telling you, the beer's so good that you're going to want a case. Like, even if you could order a four pack, you'd drink it and you'd be like, damn, I should have gotten more of this. All their beers are good. Whether you like a hazy IPA, whether you like a West Coast IPA, maybe a a Pilsner, maybe something dark. I, I love a dark beer this time of year when it, when it's cold out. You just get a nice heavy beer and just sip on it. Oh, it's very, very good. And uh, Cooperage does all their beers are are A+. Plus. So, um, of course, we recommend the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. But if you have that or you want to get that and something else, uh, recommend all their other beers as well. So get to CooperageBrewing.com right now. Order your beer today or head out to the brewery out in Santa Rosa. It's a great spot if you're up in the North Bay. Uh, really, really recommend it. Bring your dog. There's indoor seating, outdoor seating. Always a great food truck. Always great vibes. We love our friends over at Cooperage. That is cooperagebrewing.com. All right, let's dive into this 49ers win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Has got him in a second back inside the 30 yard line. Nick Bosa drops it. 
49ers 27, Buccaneers 14, and San Francisco now 7-3 and three on the year. The Bucs fall to 4-6. and six. And kind of a, this was the first time the 49ers have played a weird game and won. I wouldn't call it ugly. This is this does not go down as an ugly win for me. An ugly win is a game that that you walk out of and you're like, ooh, probably should have lost that one. But this one is is 27-14. This is just a regular win. It's the first time the 49ers have pulled out a regular win all year, where it's not been just a kind of thorough beatdown. And this was this was, you know, it it, it I wouldn't call it a thorough beatdown. This was just a win, and a nice win. Niners jumped out 27-7, and it looked like the game was just kind of going to go that way. It was going to go like all their other wins have gone. They go up 27-7. Okay, pass rush is pinning its ears back. Uh, coverage unit gets a ton of help from that pass rush, and, oh, there's an interception, and now there's a short field, and it's 34-7, to and and then the opposing offense just never gets going, and the Niners kind of kind of cruise home. That wasn't That wasn't the case on Sunday. The Niners went up 27-20 to late in the third quarter, but then Tampa Bay comes right back. A five-play, 75-yard drive um, was Rashad White going in from a yard out. That was after Talanoa Hufanga got hurt in the third quarter. We'll talk about Talanoa uh, here in a bit. But after Hufanga went out, it was Jair Brown, the rookie, who came in. And one of the first—it wasn't the first play he was in, but but one of the first plays he was in was at the start of that drive after the 49ers made it 27-7, and he ran up on the receiver. I believe it was uh, Jarrett and he ran up to him and then stopped and the receiver just ran by him and it went for 41 yards. The next play was a pass interference down near the end zone that by, by Fred Warner on the tight end, Kate Otten that put the bucks down at the one and they punched it in from there. After that, things got, things got a little strange. So the Niners after that touchdown um, go three and out. The Bucks then go 17 plays and 68 yards and don't score. First of all, <laughs> a 17 play drive is nuts by itself, right? Like you see a 17 play drive that really jumps off the screen. To need 17 plays to go 68 yards is wild. That's four yards a play. That's that's not great. But okay, 17 plays, 68, and then they don't score. <laughs> they, they didn't even they didn't even score. They turn it over on downs. That was the um, that looked like it was going to kind of be the the end of it, right? That came late in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, but then the Niners three and out again, and on that punt, disaster strikes as the Bucks uh, return it all the way down to the Niners thirteen, and then Baker in in kind of the the first major mistake he made in the game tried to fit a throw in on a on a. It's like a little in route. Dre Greenlaw breaks on it, goes off his helmet, and there's Jair Brown, who came up with a couple of big pass breakups before that. He, he saved a touchdown on the fourth down on the previous drive. He broke up a pass to Mike Evans. He broke up uh, another one to Kate Otten, where Otten was kind of juggling it in the end zone, and he separated the receiver from the ball. And then and then he had that interception that, that for the most part, sealed the game at that point. The Niners ended up turning it over on downs, but they had enough clock that Tampa Bay got the ball back and didn't really have a didn't really have an opportunity to go to go in and, and score much less score, get an onside kick and then score again. So a 27, 14 win. And that's just kind of how a, a victory in the NFL is supposed to look. The Niners dominated that game start to finish. They win it by 13. There were a couple plays that they made late in the game that Tampa Bay didn't Tampa Bay still got some good players. And bro, I got to tell you, 
I was pretty impressed by Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about Brock Purdy being awesome in a second. But Baker Mayfield made some sick throws. There were a couple of plays, particularly on, on throws to Traverius Ward, or against Traverius Ward, where Ward had, like, perfect coverage. There was one to Trey Palmer, the rookie from Nebraska, and then there was another one on an out route where Ward was there. He he read the route, and he was there, and he got a hand up, but the ball placement was just so good that that Palmer was the only player who could catch it. And then there was another one on a third down later in the game on a throw to Mike Evans, the sliding catch he made on the sideline. That was just like Ward can't do a lot better in coverage and, and Mayfield completes it. But the story of the day, Brock Purdy, man, 21 to 25. That's 84% on his completion rate, by the way, 333 yards. The second most yards he's ever thrown for in his career. The most he's ever thrown for in a victory. He was 13.3 yards per attempt. Uh, three touchdowns. He got sacked four times. Not great, but um, he had a perfect passer rating, 158.3. The 22nd player in NFL history to have a 158.3 passer rating on 25 or more attempts. That's pretty incredible, man. That's like, man, he was, he was, I, I think this was his best game as a pro for sure. And, I think you can put this up there really against any quarterback performance you're going to see this season. Like guys will throw for more yards. Guys will throw for more touchdowns. But when you just look at, for the most part, mistake-free football, like 21 of 25 for 333 and three touchdowns. The, the touchdown throw to Ayuk, the 76-yard TD down the left sideline was sick. That's just a great throw on a deep ball. Hit the receiver in stride. When was the last time? I guess it was probably Kittle last week. But when was the last time the Niners had a quarterback who just consistently hit those deep throws like that, where it's not just connecting on it? Because Garoppolo connected on him and Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and, and all that. I guess it was probably Kaepernick. He had, the, he had the big arm, the big accurate arm downfield for sure. But, I mean, seeing after, after years of watching Jimmy Garoppolo miss deep throws and just, you know, or there's behind a receiver, underthrowing it where it gets caught, but they get tackled. The touchdown pass from Purdy to Kittle last week, down the right side, the deep one, where he hit Kittle in stride and ran him away from the defender. And then this one, where he gets it over the corner, and then Antoine Winfield, the safety, was just late getting there. But he threw it over the corner and hit Ayuk in stride down the sideline. If he underthrows that a little bit, it's an interception. If he throws it behind him, it's probably taking him out of bounds. If he throws it out in front, uh, toward toward the um, toward the field side instead of the boundary, then Antoine Winfield probably gets to IU to make a tackle. But he's a perfectly thrown ball down the sideline, just like the one to to George Kittle last week. That's just just really high level quarterbacking, man. And I tweeted this out: Brock Purdy now has 15 regular season starts. He's completing 69.7 percent of his throws. That's pretty nice. 3,760 yards. He's at 9.4 yards per attempt, 29 touchdowns, seven picks, and a 116.3 passer rating. That's stellar. I don't I, I, I don't want to sit here and get into a debate about where does Brock Purdy rank among NFL quarterbacks and what would he look like in this system or in this system? That's fine. If there's people who want to debate that and say, what would Justin Herbert look like in, in San Francisco and what would Brock Purdy look like in LA? Fine, do do that, man. That's that's up to you. But for me, when it comes down to it, the, the 49ers have the team that they have and the coaching staff that they have and the quarterback that they have. 
and within the scope of this season, I I have. I mean, the, the playoffs are a different animal. You got to see it in a big spot in the playoffs, especially if it's on the road in a place like Philly, in a place like uh, I don't Seattle or wherever. You gotta you gotta see that in the postseason. But for right now, it's just so clear that that Brock Purdy is elevating their offense beyond anything that that they've had under Kyle Shanahan, and he's playing at such a high level that his 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 lack of physical tools where he can you know fit a tight window throw in way down the field and that's like people justifying the josh allen interceptions right like okay well he may he throws interceptions because he's trying things down the field that other quarterbacks can't try because he has such a big arm and sometimes that leads to turnovers like oh okay like there's a risk reward there where okay sometimes you're going to complete that long throw it's going to get intercepted sometimes but also you're going to complete it sometimes so purdy may not have that kind of arm but the decision-making, there was a third down play today where he took off and ran on a third and two where he hit the top of his drop and just took off. It definitely wasn't a quarterback drop, but he saw the window, knew he needed to get three yards and knew he had the space to get it. So he got the three yards and dove across the line and got a first down, kept the drive moving. He's just playing at a really high level right now. And I don't care necessarily about what it would look like in another system or you know, are they throwing downfield enough or not too much? Or is he holding the ball too long? I think, I think a couple of the sacks he took today were, were on him, but there are going to be mistakes. He still doesn't have a full year of regular season starts under his belt. He's in his second year as an NFL quarterback. There are going to be miscues, but today he was about as good as you can possibly be. And I, frankly, I think the Niners needed it. Because in a game like that, 27-14, where the Niners got a couple of stops in the red zone against Tampa Bay to keep it a two-score game late, that's the kind of game where one turnover changes things. Where one red zone drive that's a field goal instead of a touchdown changes things. The Niners only two for four in the red zone today. That continues to, to be a little bit of a problem for them uh, since week seven. But that's that's a, a little bit nitpicky at the moment. I mean, they they needed their quarterback to shine today against Tampa Bay and he did and I think it's at a point now where remember with Garoppolo it was kind of like defenses would just pack the Niners into this box where it was okay we're going to make you play between the hashes and within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and that the 49ers generated offense from that is is just kind of a testament to Kyle Shanahan honestly but you can't do that with Brock Purdy now man the way they're able to stretch defenses vertically and horizontally because of his accuracy on throws down the field and his willingness to push the ball down the field not just on deep shots down the sideline either it's those in routes to to Brandon Ayuk deep down the field. It's it's finding Debo Samuel on a scramble. It's a really nice play where today where Purdy had to scramble right and kind of keep his eyes down the field and then wait for the window to open with Debo Samuel. And there's a little coverage bust by the Bucks and and Purdy gets rid of it right before the pass rush gets home and it's a it's a big game. And those are the plays that man I don't care what the quarterback looks like size wise how hard he throws it. none of that matters like the completions are happening and that's that's what you want from your quarterback so I am I am not that I wasn't already in on Brock Purdy but it's just like you watch today's game and you go man that's a quarterback affecting his team winning does he have a ton of weapons is the coaching staff awesome yeah you love you love all that if you're a quarterback but they needed a really good performance from their QB today and they got one the red zone stuff uh continues to be a little bit of a problem I think they're six for their last 14 in the red zone. That's not a good number. You would like to see that 
be better. They haven't been better than 50% since week six, oddly enough, in that game against the Browns. Uh, that's, you know, something they got to figure out. They have too many weapons. And somebody said to me on the internet, they said, well, this is just variance and regression, I think was, was what they said. It was regression and, and variance or something like that. And it's like, dude, that can't happen. I'm sorry. This is four games in a row now where they've been under 50% or 50% or or worse in the red zone. That can't happen when you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who's so good at separating in space, and Juwan Jennings, who's who's good at creating space in a, in a small in a small area and is big. You have George Kittle, who has vastly improved as a red zone threat. You have Christian McCaffrey, who can do a little bit of everything in the red zone. That's just that's something they have to figure out because in the playoffs, like two for four in the red zone might might lose you a game, especially if it's against a team like Detroit or like Philly. Both teams look very good right now. Detroit had a huge comeback win today against the Bears. They stayed in second place in the NFC. Philly doesn't play till Monday. Yo, we got to talk about prize picks real quick. The 49ers, after they beat the Buccaneers, they get a win 27 to 14. But I, with prize picks, also got a win. And that was honestly my favorite part about Sunday. Hey, Kyle, what's prize picks? Well, let me tell you, it's Daily Fantasy Sports. It's the largest Daily Fantasy Sports platform in North America. It's super easy to use, and it is a ton of fun. You grab two to six players, and there are stat projections for each player. You pick more or less on those stat projections, submit your entry, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Like that's it's it's literally that easy. Pick a player, look at the stat projection, pick more or less, whichever you want, and and then you rock. It is so much fun. So what Prize Picks is doing is they're now offering these combo projections across football and basketball. Now that there's that intersection between the football and basketball season. And so they have a specials league. So that's a league created specifically for combo projections that put two or more players from different sports or leagues in the same in the same square. So you get like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a ten and a half point combo of three point makes and receptions. So if you pick more on the on the ten and a half combo there and LeBron James hits five threes, and Travis Kelsey has six receptions that puts you at 11, you nailed that. Like, that's how, that's how easy it is. Now, granted, is LeBron James going to hit five threes in a game? Like, that's probably not super likely. Like, he can, but you. Re- <laughs> I'm not going to dive into all that. But uh, you can also play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players. It's rapper Meek Mill. It's Cana- C- comedian Andrew Schultz. I almost said Canadian. I don't know where he's from, but he's a comedian, and his name's Andrew Schultz. You can find those under the community. You can find those community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries. It's it's right there at the bottom. Super easy to find, and you can play with some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I love doing those when I'm watching some games and I haven't made an entry yet. I haven't gotten a chance to do my research for my DFS. I just go to that promo tab and I, I find somebody who's, whose vibe I like that day and I ride with uh, with their picks. They even, this is, I think, my favorite part about prize picks. They offer that reboot policy that uh, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is huge. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who ex- ex- who exits the game, geez Louise, in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, that player gets rebooted. So prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. It's super sick. I did my own little version of an NBA NFL combo. Now it's not a combo pick like the one I described earlier, but I threw Andrew Wiggins from the Warriors into my 49ers prize pick. So Andrew Wiggins on Thursday against Oklahoma city, I had him less than 21 and a half points, rebounds, plus assists. He went at 20. That's a winner. 
Then I had Brock Purdy at less than 29 and a half pass attempts against Tampa Bay. He was at 25. That's a winner. And then, of course, I went Brandon Ayuk. I went more than 66 and a half receiving yards. He had more than 66 and a half receiving yards just on his touchdown catch. He had 76 yards on his touchdown catch. He finishes with 156. That's an easy dub. Now, this is where I love the flex play because I had Christian McCaffrey to score a rushing touchdown. I had him more than half a rushing touchdown. He did not get a rushing touchdown. He had a receiving score against Tampa Bay. So I got three out of four right. And with the flex play, that still pays at one and a half times my entry. So I still get a little money despite the fact I went three for four and that plus the injury insurance is the reason you need to get on prize picks right now. I'm telling you, it is the single best way to enjoy sports, especially this time of year where there's something on all the time. Get in the action, man. Rock with me. Rock with Chris. You can do so. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit matchup to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. It is going to be the most fun you have watching sports. It's the most fun I have watching sports and and I believe it will be for you too. So uh, prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What's up, y'all? It's Kyle from Candlestick Chronicles here to talk to you about Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I know there are so many people out there who are like me. You wake up at all hours of the morning, commute three hours a day, you have your main job, you have side jobs, you have families, you have you have extracurricular activities that you do, whether it's maybe it's church, maybe it's coaching a baseball team or playing softball or basketball, whatever it is you do in your life. Maybe it's knitting. I don't know, but you're busy and you don't always have time to meal prep, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, you you wind up not, not making a lunch when you go to work and you wind up going and grabbing fast food and you just, Oh, you're on the way home going to grab something quick to eat. You know, you don't have time to always prepare something great for yourself. Whether it tastes good or or whether it's healthy for you, it, it it's it's up and down. At least for me. I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're different. But I know especially around the holidays, you're trying to make holiday plans and then also you got to cook and you got to make sure you got something for breakfast. Make sure you got something for lunch. Oh, what are we going to do for dinner? That's a constant question in our household. With Factor, you can skip that trip to the grocery store. You can skip the chopping, the prepping. Oh my God, the cleaning? Are you jo- The cleaning is my least favorite part. And you can skip all that too. Because with Factor, you can get all of the flavor and the nutrition quality that you need delivered right to your front door. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I have a box of Factor meals coming to my house right now. And I honestly, like, <laughs> I'm such a dork. I get the shipping updates. And I check and see, I, I'm, I get the, I get the updates and I'm looking to see exactly where my box is to make sure that it is going to get to me when I need it. And I'm so excited to crack that thing open and get, get ready to eat meals. Because again, like I said, this is a hectic week. We got holidays coming up. I got people coming over. I've got a house to clean and, and a fridge to keep full of holiday goodies. And I'm also going to have a fridge full of factor. And that's going to get me through the ups and downs of the, what am I having for lunch? What am I having for dinner? What am I going to do for breakfast today? I don't have to answer that question anymore because I'm going to have factor in my fridge. Head to factormeals.com slash candlestick 50 and use code candlestick 50 
to get 50% off. Oh my God, half off? Is that serious? Oh my God. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do this again. Head to factormeals.com slash candlestick50 and use code candlestick50 to get 50% off. That's code candlestick50 at factormeals.com slash candlestick50 to get 50% off your order today. Join me, get factor. So again, that's that feels a little nitpicky, but on a day where the offense was a good was as good as it was, they struggled to run the ball a little bit against Tampa Bay's front. It was they went at 3.8 yards per carry. They did go 30 attempts. Um, a couple of those were kneel downs at the end by Brock Purdy, but they go for 115 yards, 3.8 yards a carry. But they did enough. Like they got enough going on the ground. There were a couple runs up the middle. Vita Vey is just so good, dude. There were a couple of plays where 50 just single-handedly stacked up Christian McCaffrey for a loss, but that's going to happen when you play players like Vita Vea. Chris and I talked about him in the preview pod. That is an excellent interior defensive lineman who's just a freak athlete at his position and and one of the best players at that position in the league, and he made a couple of individually brilliant plays today. But other than that, like Ayuk five for a buck 56 and a touchdown. That was one of my prize picks. We'll get to my prize picks later. I'm pretty proud of Pretty proud of this one. Didn't go four for four, but three for four with the flex play. Win a little money. Love to see it. George Kittle, nine targets, eight catches, 89 yards with a touchdown. I loved what they did with Kittle today, man. This is what I've been wanting to see. They get him, they go play action. They get him matched up on a linebacker. He sells that fake like he's run blocking, and then he gets outside. That's a throw Purdy makes so consistently. And he hits Kittle in stride, allows him to turn the corner, get upfield. And we know once he gets rumbling, he's, he's as good as any tight end in the league after the catch. And that's just, they can spam that all day. Nine targets for him. None of them particularly contested or close. Like he's just open, whether it's middle of the field, whether it's on that little play action look, whether it's on a scramble drill, just keep 85 involved, man. Like that's when their offense is going to be at its peak. And you saw so today, Debo Samuel contributed three catches for 63 yards. Again, that one on the scramble drill, I thought was, was his best of the day. Just doing a good job working to the sideline with Purdy and, it's I'm having a hard time finding anything, any like poor performances today. Elijah Mitchell, four carries, 24 yards with a long of 13. His first carry of the game was off the right side for 13 yards. Just offensively, a, a really solid all around performance. Once again, over seven yards per play. They ran eight fewer plays. The Niners did than Tampa Bay and gained 133 more yards. That's super hard to do. So, uh, good work, good work by the Niners offense, 27 points. Again, you would have liked to see them hit that 30 point mark. And you can do that by converting one of those red zone trips from a field goal into a touchdown. There was one red zone drive where on first down Purdy took a sack. It looked like there was a, a, a miscommunication up front and he just took a sack. And when they, when they get behind the sticks, <laughs> it's just time and time again, this offense really struggles to get back in front of them. But that was, that was one trip down there. And I forget what happened in the in the second one, but uh, for the most part, good game for the offense. Tough to complain with 27 points and 420 yards. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Uh, the bad news is what we'll we'll start with here. So Talanoa Hufanga, head coach Kyle Shanahan, said after the game that they he is concerned about a torn ACL for Hufanga. They haven't confirmed it with imaging yet, but that's that's the fear right now is that he suffered a season-ending ACL tear in his right knee on the play where Rashad White uh, made a move on him and got outside. And as Hufanga as is going to slow down, you see his right knee kind of buckle a little bit as he falls. But again, not a doctor, just telling you what I saw. Fingers crossed that the imaging shows something less dire 
than than that. But Shanahan will probably have an update on that. If it doesn't get reported ahead of time, he'll have an update on Monday when he talks to the media in his conference call. However, with Hufanga's exit, Jair Brown, the rookie from Penn State, got his first real playing time of the year and was outside of that, that first play that I talked about earlier where the receiver blew by him for, for a 41-yard gain. He was very good. He had four tackles, an interception, and three pass breakups, including two pass breakups. The two pass breakups saved touchdowns. And the third one was the interception that effectively sealed the game, the one that bounced off Dre Greenlaw's helmet. That was why they drafted. This is exactly in, in, in a quarter and a half. Jair Brown showed why the 49ers drafted him. He was around the ball a ton. He created a turnover. He saved a couple of touchdowns. This is what he did at Penn State. He's versatile. He's a really good athlete. He's a terrific football player. He spends a ton of time hanging out around, hanging out around the football, creating takeaways. That's, <laughs> that's what he did. And then you go look around the rest of the defense. Dre Greenlaw all over the place again today. I mentioned Traverius Ward. He got picked on a little bit, but had terrific coverage on a couple of those completions. So it's really hard to fault him. He also had a really nice pass breakup on a throw down the sideline where the receiver had it in his hands. I think it was Palmer again. And he got a hand in to wrestle it away. Fred Warner is who I want to talk about though. My God. There are games where like Fred Warner's good pretty much every game. There'll be maybe two games a year where you're like, Ooh, bad Fred Warner game. Then there's games like today where you go, holy shit, like this might just be the best defensive player in the NFL. After the Niners offense stalled out on those on those two drives in the fourth quarter, it was like Fred Warner took it upon himself to not let the, the Bucks get it to one score. He had two pass breakups. He had the forced fumble on Baker Mayfield early in the game where Nick Bosa got to Mayfield and as he was going down, Fred Warner flew in and, and punched the ball out. He got credit for half a sack on that. He had 12 tackles, including 10 solo stops. He was he was unbelievable. He was all over the place. And every time the Niners defense needed a big stop, there was Fred Warner. He had about as good of a game as you can have at the middle linebacker position. The pass interference on K Dot and okay, that's stuff happens. But man, on a on on a day like today is when you go, oh yeah. <laughs> In case you forgot about Fred Warner, there he is. Because there's a lot of games where he has a good game, but you know, not a ton of splash plays. There were splash play after splash play against Tampa Bay. And it's boy. It's fun to watch when when he does that. I was talking to Joe Shasky from 957 the game. He's talking about how 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 many great players. In fact, I want to bring this up with Chris. How many players the Niners have right now who might just wind up being top three all time in franchise history at their position? And then Fred Warner is one of those dudes. It's Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Christian McCaffrey. It, it, top three, being a top three receiver in Niners history is probably really hard. So maybe you don't put Brandon Ayuk in there, but you put George Kittle in there for sure. Did I say Nick Bosa? You put, you put Nick Bosa in there. I think I said that already. Trent Williams at left tackle. Like there's, there's just all these players who are like, man, that's all tanker. And Shasky brought it up. He's like, man, the Warner Willis conversation is going to be a knockdown drag out conversation for a long time. And I think he's right. Like, I don't want to get into it right now, but you talk about two players who are just the prototype at their position for the time that they played, like ahead of their time. Like Patrick Willis came in the league and he was that versatile defender 
at the linebacker spot who could get downhill and stop the run, but was also very good against the pass, super athletic, just more athletic than, than anything you'd really ever seen at, at linebacker. And the heir apparent, you know, to, to Ray Lewis, who's in the in the back end of his career when when Willis came in. And I think Warner's kind of the same way. I think a lot of teams after Patrick Willis came in said, Hey, how do you, how do we find the next Patrick Willis? I think there's a lot of people saying that about Fred Warner right now. Just perfect at his position for defending modern offenses. I think that was the case for Patrick Willis. And I think that's the case now for for Fred Warner. And you know, when, when Patrick Willis retired, I went, I named, I named my, I, one of my favorite 49ers of all time. I named my damn cat after him, <laughs> but man, Warner is, is something to watch, man. He is, he is very, very good. And that was, that was the case, uh, on, on Sunday. And then they wound up, the Niners actually wound up sacking Baker Mayfield four times. Chase Young got one late. Eric Armstead got one late and Dre Greenlaw, uh, also, also came up with one late. Fred uh, Nick Bosa ended up having one. I think he had two half sacks to to get to his one. He hit the quarterback three times again. Like God, Nick Bosa's having having a hell of a year. Um, I mentioned earlier in in the podcast that the Niners are still third in the NFC. They are behind the Lions, who had a crazy comeback win in Chicago. Shout out to Jared Goff. Had an awful game, but helped me out at the end. Made a couple of big throws and uh, helped me win my fantasy matchup. Love that for me. You don't care, but I do, so I'm going to mention it. And then in a pretty wild turn of events, the Rams come back to beat the Seahawks in L.A. If you missed that, uh, Seattle was up 13 to nothing in that game, and, and the Rams went on a 17-3 to run at the end. Um they kicked a field goal with about a minute and a half left. And then Seattle drove down. Geno Smith had missed most of the second half with an elbow injury. He drove, but he came back in and drove Seattle down for a 55 yard game winning field goal attempt. And Jason Myers, their kicker pushed it wide, right? Rams hold on for the win. Seahawks dropped to six and four Niners at seven and three. They're all alone in first place in the NFC West. And now they go play Seattle. So this Seattle game, Chris and I have talked about this, and 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 we'll talk about this when we when we pod again later this week. But that Seattle game was already big, but now if they go beat the Seahawks, it puts the Niners at eight and three, and it puts Seattle at six and five. So the Niners will have one one of the head to head matchups against Seattle. They will improve their division record while while hurting while hurting Seattle's which is the next tiebreaker after after the head-to-head. So if the Niners and Seahawks split, they go to division record. And Seattle's already lost twice in the division. So if they lose to the Niners again, the Niners who don't have a division loss yet, if they lose to the Niners again and fall to 6-5, and five, now they're two games back, they are likely not going to have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Well, they, they for sure won't have the head-to-head at that point, and they likely won't have the division tiebreaker. So the Niners would effectively be like three games up going into week 13 if they win in Seattle on Thanksgiving. So that is just a massive game just in the scope of not only because the Niners are trying to keep up with Detroit and, and, and Philly, but also because the Niners could could really put a stranglehold on the division and retain the NFC West crown with a win in Seattle on Thursday night. But that's that's getting ahead of ourselves here. A really, really nice win here on Sunday for the Niners against Tampa Bay. That's where I'm going to leave it. 
Um, Chris, like I said, is on assignment out in, 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 in Dallas for his, for his newspaper. So we will be back on Tuesday for, again, we'll talk a little bit about this game, get Chris's thoughts on that. And we'll start looking ahead to that matchup on Thanksgiving. Uh, really appreciate everybody hanging out with me uh, tonight. I didn't get to look in the chat. I was out here, I was out here looking stuff up and, um, yeah, dude, love a pregnant pause in the solo pod, but I haven't been able to be in the chat, but I appreciate everybody hanging out in there and, uh, and rocking with me. Chris will be back with me on Tuesday. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts would greatly appreciate that. If you're on the YouTube channel and you're not already subscribed, please do so. When you subscribe, there's a little notification bell. If you hit that, you'll get a, you'll get a push notification whenever we go live. And if you're watching, make sure to hit the thumbs up on that video would definitely appreciate that as well. That really helps us out pushes up pushes us up the almighty algorithm and gets more eyeballs on our videos and that helps us continue to bring you content here on on youtube and on wherever you get your podcasts so thank you everybody for watching thank you everybody for listening i've been kyle madsen this has been candlestick chronicles chris Wiederman. we will talk to you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.